Hello fellow riders, this is your host Rusty James. It is Friday, April 5th, 2019, and this is the ride. Well, I don't care if my day is overcast, it's Friday! Give me some of that Friday. Actually, overcast is not a problem for me. I got a good night's sleep last night, and I'm ready to take on the day. And just a little bit of cloud action does not dissuade me from attacking my day. We had rain last night, so I fully expect this weekend we're going to see some green action. I'm getting tired of looking at all this dead grass around me. Let's get some life. Let's get something moving. In the springtime, we've got to do certain things that we didn't do during the winter. In the winter, we were kind of held up and biding our time, I guess, except for those of us who are adventurous and get on skis and do that whole business and snowmobiles. I'd rather hang out by the fire. But when spring happens, I am ready to just break out into song and dance. Not quite, but at least break out into the weather. Smell that fresh tilled earth, that dirt smell. I remember growing up and my family would plant gardens, vegetable gardens and flower gardens. And anybody remember this? You you could buy these seed starters at the store and they were made with these little cups made of peat and it would be its own little terrarium the the container it comes in and I don't know why but the smell of that moist earth starting to seed these these new lives it's just made an indelible mark in my life so much so that you know if you were to spot me in the springtime you might find me crouched down by a flower bed or something just smelling the flowers and the and the earth it's just a really good i know it sounds weird but it some something about it just fuels me i think it's the simplicity of the process you plant a seed it grows and it gets harvested either as food or you know you could consider a flower being harvested to give to someone or even the harvest the quote unquote harvest of the flower might just be the beautiful the beauty of it still planted and that's the harvest well I never thought about it that way that is maybe where we're going to talk today because you have been planted and you are in a state of growth and you create a harvest even just by the glorification of God through your life as you are growing Does it make any sense it would be sad if the beautiful flower of who you are is planted in soil that doesn't have the nutrients required and the beauty that could have been is altered and 
deficient because that flower was trying to gain nutrients from something not intended to provide nutrients at all. Hello, can I preach today? I've been thinking a lot lately about relationships. You know, the human condition is all about relationships. It's all about people. You know, we, we, I'm in the technical field. I, I know all about technology. Well, not all about it, but I know enough about it to know that that's a major facet of our world today. But truly, it's not really the end goal. It's really to bring people together for the most part. You've got self-driving vehicles, but they're to bring people from point A to point B, and I'm betting there's people at point B. You've got technology for communication between, you guessed it, people. We're built to communicate. We're built for relationship. And we're also built by God to grow. And therefore, we need to have the right fuel, the right food, the right environment. Can we grow in the wrong environment? Yeah, we can. There are plenty of stories and testimonies of people who have come through terrible situations. And yet, they're blossoming. But you ask these people... And there would be certain tragedies that they probably would have wanted to avoid if possible. Some of these decisions are made by the imperfect mind of the, that gray matter that we carry between our shoulders. But fear not, God is in the process of maturing us day by day. But I'm getting back to that relationship thing because, you know... Is it just me or or does it seem like society or maybe, maybe just movies? I don't know, but I think society tells us, and maybe it's the enemy speaking through our society, but whatever it is, I think we're sold this idea that we can do it on our own. You know, it's, it's, it's the Hollywood thing, the, you can, you can do it on your own. Nobody's going to take out the bad guy unless I do it. You know, that kind of thing. And of course, sure, you've got team movies where the team has to take out the bad guy. And so that's good. But I I just see a lot of things. I mean, even technology that's supposed to bring people together tends to hole us up in in a separate corner. And we feel like we're connected. But in actuality... We're just connected to our device, and it's communicating to others. I'm not meaning that it's evil. I'm doing it right now. I'm speaking into my device. But there is something to be said for the face-to-face, for the touch. You know, sometimes it's, it's uncomfortable. But we're not supposed to seek comfort, and therefore miss some potential what if Paul said you know what I am not going to travel and introduce others to Christ I'm just going to write letters you know for for a lot of what he did 
that's what he did. But And he made a mark just with the letters. I mean, obviously, I read them often. So do you. But if he hadn't had the relationship impact with the different churches, and if he hadn't visited them and, and come to know them and dine with them and live with them and cry with them and laugh with them, the letters would have had less weight. People wouldn't have cared so much. Like, you know, how they say, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Isn't that how that goes? And people aren't going to know you if they're just reading about you. You got to you got to get out there and be with people. Now, this whole relationship thing I was thinking about it's a kind of a two-way deal. Um, it's important for us to relate with other people in a non-digital way. It's also important for us to not relate to those... I'm not going to say to those people, because I don't want it to, to blame the person so much, but it's important for us to not relate with a spirit of Antichrist. Ooh, that sounds pretty severe. What do you mean? That sounds like evil and all this. Well, it is evil. It just doesn't seem to be evil. The spirit of Antichrist is simply that which would pull us away from Christ. And that is everywhere. It's important that we guard our hearts against that kind of relationship. So what might that be? Well, that can be a relationship that you have with others, certainly, in the wrong circles. It could be a relationship that you have with a certain TV show that feeds into your life in the wrong way in the spirit of Antichrist. It could be a relationship that you have with your own self in that you see yourself in a way, you, you relate to yourself, but you're not seeing yourself the way God sees yourself. You, you know, it's tragic, but people see themselves as failures and they they concoct this story that that's who they are I'm sure I talked about this recently because it fits with their framework that they've come to know about themselves and they they picture themselves in a way that is not the way God pictures them it's really a relationship that's built on the spirit of Antichrist I know it sounds really severe I don't mean to be that way, but I'm sorry, but it's the truth. Our enemy roams around like a lion, making all sorts of noise, but all he does is make noise. But he makes noise that people believe, and we tell ourselves an incomplete or a fictional story about ourselves all the time. And he's completely fine with us doing that because it gets us off target. God wants us to stay on target, focused on him and his word, which is truth, which leads to life and blessing. So back to the flower. Okay, back to the flower. You're you're the flower and you're being fed. Let's make sure that we're getting fed the right nutrients. The truth from the word of God. The truth from the mouth of God. We should be open to hearing his small voice or 
booming voice, whichever the situation requires, we should be open to it to receive what he's got to say. Yes, I am a person who believes God speaks to us today. Unapologetic, call me a radical if you will, I don't know. It doesn't matter. God speaks to his church, yes, today. And we are his church. We couldn't do this without God's help. I think that's probably what goes on, what drives people to seek the imperfect relationships or the imperfect support mechanisms, if you will, because people go through things and they need support. If they don't have God Almighty who gives them wisdom and power, we will seek other inferior means to cope. It's just in our nature. I'm ready to live super naturally. (laughs) So one of the things I was thinking about as I started up the car this morning, actually, and I was thinking of that excellent earthy smell of spring, the nutrients that we need are sometimes the things that naturally we abhor. You know, I don't want water. I want fill in the blank. I want something else. I don't want water. That's just silly. I want, give me some monster or some Red Bull or whatever. Water? What's, I don't want water. And nitrogen and all of that stuff? I don't want that. Give me a Big Mac. I know what I need to stay healthy. I know what I want is more appropriate. We choose poorly, but we don't have to. In the past, we have chosen poorly. Today, we will choose wisely. I want to be washed with the water of the word. I want to be fed by the words that have come from my Father. That's the bread of life. It leads to life. And Big Macs and Red Bull don't. (laughs) No offense, McDonald's fans and Red Bull fans. But you get my heart here. There is a way that seems right to a man, but it leads to destruction. There are things that not only do we need to avoid things, but there are places in our flower bed that are destructive. And they have to be rooted out. They can't just be, you know, okay, well, we're not going to get nutrients from that area of of our life anymore. We'll just kind of avoid that. We'll pretend that's not there. It affects how the flower of your life grows and is seen. Where it's in our own power, we need to root out these things. It's kind of where we get the root of bitterness idea. But there are things in life that fuel us and they shouldn't be. And and they cause us to have a harvest. Our harvest is less. Just like I was saying about Paul, you know, if he hadn't gone out and had these relationships, these good relationships, what he did in the letters would be less received. And who knows, maybe we would have never seen these letters in the Word of God 
his impact would be lessened. But there are areas in our life that we rely on too heavily to cope with life. These are things that must be uprooted. We have to actively take charge of our life in that way. And if we can't do it on our own, then we need to get help. So every one of us knows what these areas might be. And if you don't, think about this, this little mind exercise. Maybe it's more of a heart exercise, but think of a time when you're faced with some kind of a difficulty in life. It could be work, it could be family, relationship-related, whatever. And it's a difficulty, and it's something that you can't deal with on your own. That's kind of the trick here. So think of something like that, and then play it, play it forward, and ask yourself, what are you depending upon to get you through that thing? What is it that you are leaning on? If you really want to grow, you've got to confront these things, and you have to see yourself clearly and I think this will help us understand what it is that we're leaning on and perhaps we are entirely leaning on Christ in those moments but I think that there's also an additional crutch that we might be leaning on as well and and only you're going to know that so if you're really seeking a harvest it's important that we accurately understand this and then take steps to root out that crutch that is not Christ. I have every reason to believe that if you do that with an honest heart, seeking the best that God has for you, he will reveal these areas and not only just show you what needs to be done, but help you tackle them. In fact, he's already helped you tackle them because he's already won the victory for you. It's a simple matter of seeing that truth in the word and the word will show you how to confront those issues. It's actually really easy. You don't focus on the issue. You focus on Christ and all of a sudden the issue becomes a non-issue. I believe God has ordained this moment to bring us a new revelation of what is possible in our lives. I think this is excellent. I'm encouraged for me and I'm encouraged for you. Lord, thank you for showing us this today. Help us to stay solid with you and communicate with you and relate with you as often as we possibly can. And by faith, we believe that the victory you've already won for us will manifest more and more daily in our lives and in the lives of our families and beyond. Thank you, Lord God, for taking good care of us, your children, and your harvest. Amen. Well, my friends, that's about it for today. I want you to stay in the Word of God, live in peace, pray for those who persecute you, and you are the harvest of the Lord. See yourself in this way as this light that goes forth to shine the beauty of God all around you. Never stop seeing that you are God's chosen voice to those around you. And I will see you on the flip.